Everybody, greetings from the south coast of Ireland and welcome to the Amazing Me, Amazing You podcast. I'm Steph. Today's podcast is all about boundaries. So I'm going to be looking at what are they, who are they for, how do we create them, and then as soon as we have created them, how do we maintain them. So for most of my life, I had absolutely no idea whatsoever of what a boundary and what having a boundary meant. So whenever I had occasionally heard of the word boundaries, I had never stopped to ask myself or anyone else, and I had never even looked it up to check, okay, what exactly is a boundary? And that was until I began my relationship studies. And also before then, I had a lot of misconceptions about boundaries. And I used to think boundaries were for other people, probably because I had never consciously created a boundary for myself before then. And also, I believed that boundaries were something you needed only if you were in a really challenging situation or maybe in a really challenging relationship where there was a lot of conflict. Anyway, I learned very quickly that I was wrong in both instances because boundaries I've learned are for everyone every single one of us. And they are a part of everyday life, everyday living in all our relationships. And then another misconception I had in my very vague understanding was that boundaries were something you did against someone else, like an attack against somebody. But this couldn't be further from the truth. And boundaries are always 100% for ourselves. They are a loving action for ourselves and they are never, ever against someone. And then one last huge misconception I had when I first began practicing was that, okay, I thought once I have this theory understood and practiced a little that I would have it mastered, you know, I will have mastered the skill of creating boundaries for my entire life. Well, the truth is I still haven't it mastered. I am still practicing. And I think I will be constantly practicing forevermore. So I need to regularly check in with myself, you know, how am I feeling? What feels right for me? Are my needs being met? And then asking myself, how can I take loving action for myself in the shape of a boundary? So for me, it's definitely a lifelong practice. Fast forward 15 years since I was first introduced to the concept of boundaries and I have come to believe that boundaries are actually one of the most powerful practices of self-care and self-love that we can have in our lives. And in my own experience, what I do see is that the more often I practice, the more comfortable I become and the more confident I become in creating and maintaining boundaries in all my relationships. So what are boundaries? For me, the simplest definition is that boundaries are basically speaking up for myself and taking action for myself in order to meet my needs. And that's it in a nutshell. So boundaries basically champion my needs. They are safeguarding my relationship with myself. So I am looking after meeting my own needs and being my own best friend when I create boundaries. So who are boundaries for? Our boundaries are 100% for 
ourselves. My boundaries are for me, your boundaries are for you, and our boundaries are never ever an attack against one another. So when I create boundaries, I am speaking up for myself. I'm looking after myself and hugely importantly, I am taking 100% responsibility for meeting my needs. So boundaries have self-love and self-care at their heart. And when I create and maintain boundaries for myself, I know I am being my very own best friend because boundaries are self-love in action. So in the early days of my practice in creating boundaries that would meet my needs, I found it absolutely hugely difficult because I had first to become familiar with what my needs were. And when I first began learning about the boundaries, our four children were very young and I was completely immersed in meeting their needs and paid little or no attention to what my needs, my own needs might have been. And even before becoming a mum, I think I rarely, if ever, consciously checked in with myself and asked myself kindly and lovingly, what are my needs here? So I was great at meeting other people's needs, but I had little or no practice in meeting my own needs because I didn't have a practice of checking in with myself, asking myself, how does this feel for me and what would feel right for me? and what are my needs here and how can I take action in order to meet my needs? So before I could start creating boundaries, I had to first begin to pay attention to how I was feeling in different situations in all my relationships in my everyday living, something I had never been doing consciously before that. And at the same time, I was learning to appreciate that all my feelings make sense And I was learning to give myself permission to feel all my feelings and then owning my feelings as my creation, calling me to take action for myself. And I share all this learning about feelings in my earlier podcasts. Also, to help me create boundaries around my own needs, I had to unlearn so many of my own previously unquestioned beliefs and conditioning. And one was that, you know, I had always believed that it was rude to say no thank you to a dinner invitation, even if I would have much preferred to stay at home relaxing, because I believed up to then that saying no would have been very insulting and offensive, and not in a million years would I have thought that saying no thank you would have been an act of self-love or self-care for myself, not at all. To me, I believed that it would have been selfish and rude and impolite. And then another area that I had to unlearn was that, you know, it would be rude to not invite someone into my home, even if they called now at the most inconvenient time. It was a real eye opener for me because I realized that as a young adult and as a young mom, I had never really considered my needs in so many areas of my life. So learning about boundaries was really learning to tune into myself and listen to what felt right for me, listen to my gut feelings and ask myself, what are my needs here? And then take full responsibility for meeting my needs. 
And I remember one of the first times I created a boundary with a neighbour who called my home shortly after a family bereavement. And when they knocked at the door, I just needed some quiet time, some quiet grieving time. And I didn't want to have a conversation. And I suppose because they weren't family or they weren't a dear friend, I just didn't want to engage in a conversation. I was grieving. And anyway, he knocked at the door. And as soon as I answered the door, he made a movement to step in as usual. And it was the first time I didn't automatically step back to allow someone step in. And it was the first time that I consciously noticed how I was feeding and I honoured how I was feeding and what I needed for myself. And I said very kindly and very gently, I said, thank you so much for calling, but now isn't a good time for me. And looking back on it, I think he was probably a little startled But he also very kindly said, of course, of course. And I just began to gently close the door. And it felt strange and new and very weird. But it also felt right for me because it was listening to my need and not doing what was expected. What would have been conforming or my old conditioning. And it would have been considered far more polite But it was one of those very early days that I thought, okay, looking at what is my own need here? And I honoured it. So it was a strange experience, but also a good experience. And it was a taste of, okay, this is how boundaries meet my needs. And overall, it felt good. It felt like a very warm embrace, I think, from myself to myself. I also remember being at home newly married and very newly married. Now, we might have been only maybe two weeks after being married and we hadn't yet headed off on our honeymoon. And the phone rang and my husband picked up and I heard him say, oh, thanks for the invite. I'll check with Steph and get back to you. And it had been his mum on the phone inviting us to Sunday dinner. And I remember looking at him wide-eyed and disbelievingly. And I said, what did you say? Because I really was stunned because what I was really asking was, did you seriously not say an immediate yes to your mom's invitation? And his response was, oh, I just said I'd check with you and uh, check what we want to do and get back to her. And I was just gobsmacked because all my life growing up, if you were invited to Sunday dinner, especially by your mother-in-law, even though I was only two weeks of having a mother-in-law, I presume you always said yes to an invitation like that. And when I said this, my husband said, well, we haven't spoken about what we'd like to do today. So when we know what we'd like to do, we let her know. And even though I was in my late 20s, I was astonished. If I had been invited somewhere for dinner, I would have always said yes, without hesitation, without checking with myself first. You know, does this suit me or not? Because to me, being polite and well brought up meant saying yes, especially to my mother-in-law when invited to dinner. And I wanted everyone to think of me as polite and appreciative and grateful and well brought up. And in hindsight, of course, I can see that my husband was looking after his needs and my needs and our needs as a newly married couple with actually very loving, respectful boundary. But unconsciously, I was still very dependent on what others thought of me 
and how I was seen by others. And this need to be seen as somebody good or polite was outweighed totally by any thought whatsoever about what my own needs might have been. And when I began learning about boundaries and began practicing them, I realized with huge astonishment that I often, most often, put what someone will think of me ahead of what felt right for me. And I remember being invited to a gathering just at the time as well, the early days when I was just learning about boundaries. And I really had no interest in going to it. I just did not want to be there. But I still went because I didn't want anyone to think I was rude or selfish doing my own thing, which was basically doing what was right for me. But I didn't want to ruin the party that I'd been the only one not going. And I think all these feelings came from my need to be liked by everyone or approved by everyone. And probably a fear of what others would think of me. And sadly, my fear that they might talk about me behind my back if I didn't go. So my automatic response to an invitation like that, where everyone else was going, was to say yes, because how I was perceived on the outside was so much more important to me than how I felt on the inside. And I did not yet have a practice of checking in with myself and asking myself what felt right or what felt good for me? What were my needs? And I have found that the magic of creating boundaries is that as we begin to listen to what feels right, you know that feeding in your belly when you know, you just know that feeling in our belly, that it feels right for ourselves. Well, our relationship with ourselves becomes so much more loving and more trusting and we naturally become less dependent on what others think of us. So it's an incredible self-loving practice. And I witnessed recently a little four-year-old in the shopping centre, my local shopping centre, and he was creating his own clear boundary so comfortably and it really struck me. I thought, oh my goodness, wouldn't it be amazing if we could all practice creating boundaries so comfortably and so confidently? Because this little boy was in the queue ahead of me with his mum and his granny came along and joined them. And the little boy's mum said, do you have a kiss for granny? And the little guy looked at his granny as if he was thinking about it, you know, considering the question. And then he very clearly and very deftly said, no. And that was that. And both his mom and his granny said, ah, okay. And they just smiled at him. And I just thought how brilliant. He was asked to do something. He thought about it, something he didn't want to do. And he simply said no. And he had created his own little boundary and his boundary had been respected by both his mom and his granny, which was wonderful. And saying no is such a powerful, clear, direct boundary and can be said with kindness and gentleness. And yet as adults, we can often find it so difficult to simply say no, as clearly as that little boy, without adding on a long explanation, you know, why we're saying no, or without worrying, what will the other people think of us if I say no? Or will they talk about us behind our back if we say no? Or will the no harm our relationship? But what I have found in my own experiences is that when my boundaries and my no 
aren't respected and lead to the breakup of a relationship or the falling away of a relationship, it's always been that the relationship was most likely one-sided and only suited the other person because I hadn't any boundaries for myself. And so when these relationships do fall to the wayside, because I'm now creating boundaries, I am also making room for more equally loving, equally respectful relationships in my life. So one of the questions I had when I was learning boundaries was, when will I know how to create them? And I realized that actually we always know. So I believe we all know when something doesn't feel right in our belly, that gut feeding, you know, that our intuition. And yet so often we drive on ignoring that feeding and ignoring our needs, sometimes for peace sake or not to rock the boat. And sometimes because we may feel too embarrassed to express our need or not yet comfortable or confident enough in ourselves to ask for our needs to be met. Or like me, before ever learning about boundaries, that sometimes we might have forgotten how to listen to ourselves, how to listen to our needs and trust our gut feeling. I definitely had forgotten how to tune in to how I was feeling. However, I know that once we begin the practice of observing ourselves and owning how we feel in all the different circumstances and in all our different relationships, we really begin to see where we can create boundaries and we can build a more loving, deeply trusting relationship with ourselves through creating boundaries. And this self-observation and self-reflecting practice is life-changing. There's one other occasion that I remember, well, there's loads of them, but one of them in the early days of this practice that I had been invited to a friend's house for a party. And I didn't really want to go because there was also going to be another friend whose behavior I was finding hugely challenging at the time. And I had heard that this person had been speaking about me behind my back, but had never spoken with me directly about their upset with me. So I didn't really want to go. But at the time, my friend was pleading with me, you know, please come, Steph, please, 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 I really want you to be there. And despite my own seriously strong preference not to go, I still said yes. And I remember feeling very apprehensive, standing outside my friend's door. And I hadn't yet pressed the bell. And my belly was doing somersaults, like a churning, like a alarm bells. And I noticed it. And I had a real light bulb moment realizing, oh my goodness, here is my gut telling me to look after myself, to meet my needs and to actually go home. But it was early days in my practice and I ignored my gut feeling. And I rang the bell and walked in. But as soon as I walked into the living room, I could feel the awkward atmosphere and I felt so uncomfortable immediately, but mostly I felt I'd let myself down. I had noticed my gut feeling before I rang the doorbell and I had chosen to ignore it. I had chosen to ignore my intuition and my wisdom. 
I only stayed at the party a little while before leaving. And that evening as I drove home, I vowed to myself, I will not betray myself like this again, just to keep others happy, just to meet others' needs. And the truth is, I have. I have ignored my gut feeling again, and I have betrayed myself more than once. But with practice and increased awareness and ongoing self-observation and a gentleness with myself and a longing to have a more loving, trusting relationship with myself, my practice becomes stronger and I become more loving with myself. And now, whenever I have that feeling in my belly that this isn't right for me, this doesn't feel right, I practice not ignoring it. Or when I'm feeling irritated or frustrated, and especially when I'm pointing my finger, blaming someone else for making me cross or angry, I know I have a wonderful opportunity here to take loving action for myself in the shape of a boundary. And I remind myself that it is my responsibility to create a boundary that meets my needs, that honours what's coming up for me, how I'm feeding, that feeding in my belly, my intuition or my gut wisdom when I know this doesn't feel right for me. And when this doesn't feel right for me, it's typically around either conversations or behaviours. So in conversations, I might create boundaries around how I am spoken to, how I want to be spoken about or referred to, and also what I'm happy and comfortable to talk about. So for example, in conversation, I ask myself, okay, what is my need here? How do I want to be spoken to? And my need is to be spoken to respectfully and kindly, regardless of who I'm speaking with. And when I'm not feeding that respect, I have an opportunity to create a firm, loving boundary around my need. So for you, you can ask yourself, what is your need in conversation? And how do you want to be spoken to? And can you think of occasions when you're uncomfortable with how you're being spoken to? Because here lies an opportunity to create a loving boundary for you. Now, also in conversation, how we want to be spoken about or how do we want to be referred to? I didn't get that for quite a while. And then one day I noticed that I was still occasionally being spoken about as the one who doesn't care. And this was a label I had when I was younger and a mask I wore. And I had long outgrown it at this stage. So one day when I heard someone say, "Ah, you can tell Steph that she won't care. I realized, oh, this is what it means about not being comfortable with how we're spoken about. And so I created a little boundary and I said, I'm not comfortable being spoken about as if I don't care because I do. And that was a mask and a label I had as a teenager. And I'm now 40 and I do care. And that was that. I don't think I've heard it since. So it really is effective when we can notice something that doesn't meet our needs, that doesn't sit comfortably with us. And a client of mine who was in her 30s also had a twin sister. And she told me how people rarely ever called her by her name and instead often referred to her as one of the twins or the other twin. And she had hated it, but had never considered creating a boundary for herself around her need to be called by her name. 
And so she did. She asked people to call her by her first name. So you might ask yourself, what is your need in conversation? Have you noticed that you may be spoken about or referred to in a way that doesn't feel right for you, just doesn't feel loving? And here is an opportunity to create a boundary around your needs. And then also in conversation, what I am happy and comfortable to talk about give me opportunities to create boundaries. And this became a need of mine very recently when COVID first arrived. So every conversation I was having was around COVID, how surreal and unprecedented and awful and frightening it all felt. And then one evening, as my husband and I were out walking, I was telling him how I was finding that every thought and every conversation I was having was about COVID. And it was as if I couldn't even think of anything else to talk about. So on the one hand, I mean, it was totally understandable. And on the other hand, it gave me an opportunity to create a boundary for myself. So the boundary I needed to create was, first of all, with myself. And I decided that I needed to limit the news I listened to and watched. And very consciously, I paid attention to all the good things in my life, my family, my friends, the sun shining, my breath. But I paid less time watching the news. And then I created a boundary with my family and friends. And whenever the conversation was stuck on COVID, I would say, look, I needed to talk about something else, something good and positive in our lives just for now, just for the next few minutes or so, because I needed a break from the COVID conversation. And then more everyday examples might include my need not to talk about another particular subject or a particular past event or not to be talking about a person. And in all these situations, we have the power to create a boundary to meet our needs around what we are happy and comfortable to talk about, what feels right for us. We are responsible for creating this boundary. So you can ask yourself, what is your need in conversation? So are there subjects or events or people that you would much rather not speak about? And it just doesn't feel right for you when you are speaking about them. And there lies the opportunity to create a boundary. And then regarding behaviours, what boundaries might I create around behaviours? The two areas would be what I'm happy to do and not do. And then the second area of what I'm happy with you doing and not doing. So for me, what I'm happy to do, I need to check in with myself. So, for example, if one of my teenagers asks me to collect them from a friend's house late in the evening, I can say, yes, I'm available straight away without even considering my own needs. Or I can check in with myself and ask, OK, what time do I want to be in bed at this evening? And then offer a lift and say, yes, I'm available to collect you up to this time. So I'm looking after my own needs and checking with myself what feels right and what am I happy to do. And then with behaviours of others, I could, for example, somebody asking to borrow my jumper. So I'm happy for others to borrow my jumper, but if they don't ask for it and just take it without asking, then I'm not happy about that. So I can have a boundary saying, you know, I'm happy with my jumper being borrowed, but I'm not happy with it being taken without being asked first. So it's like everyday living, everyday boundaries around our needs in our conversations and around behaviours, our own and others' behaviours. So over the last 15 years, I have found and still find the practice of creating boundaries such an expansive 
and huge learning and hugely challenging experience that I now have a checklist for myself that I use to help me create loving, firm boundaries. And in this checklist, I have the four steps I have learned that I need to take in preparing to create healthy boundaries when my needs aren't being met. And then secondly, I have the four ingredients that I now know I need in every boundary I create in order for my boundary to be a healthy, loving boundary for me. And if any of you would like a copy of my checklist sent to you, no problem. I would be more than delighted to send it on. And what I'll do is I'll share the details of how at the end of this podcast. So how do we prepare to create a boundaries? Now that we have all our needs known and we are familiar with our needs and we are familiar with checking in with ourselves how we're feeling, how do we prepare to create a solid, loving, healthy boundary? And in my experience, there are four steps to take in preparing to create healthy boundaries when our needs aren't being met. So number one, is asking myself what feelings are coming up for me. Here, right now, in this situation, in this relationship, and trusting my feelings, trusting that all my feelings make sense. So if I'm feeling irritated with someone's behavior, or insulted, or judged, or unseen, or unheard, if I'm feeling mocked or attacked or angry or any of the full range of upsetting emotions, instead of dismissing my feelings or masking how I'm feeling, my responsibility is to show up for myself and trust that there is wisdom in my feelings. There is wisdom in that belly feeling when it just feels a little bit like a somersault or feels uncomfortable in any way. We know that sensation and we can get back in tune with that sensation. So when I understand that all my feelings always make sense for me, it's far easier for me to tune into them, to listen to them and to see them as my guide to creating a healthy boundary. And I believe it is so important. It's essential for our well-being to tune into how we're feeling, to trust our feelings, and then identify, okay, what am I feeling? Embracing and understanding that all our feelings make sense. Okay, number two, I've next found that reminding myself to own all my feelings as my creation, coming from me and for me, immediately helps me to take my focus off the person who I believe is behaving disrespectfully and instead reminds me to pay attention to myself, what's coming up inside of me and for me. So it helps me to look inward, own my feelings, as opposed to looking outward and blaming someone else for making me feel this way. And all this feeling material and this feeling concept are covered in my previous podcasts. So if you want to look back on that, please feel welcome to. So next, step three is in identifying my needs, I need to ask, what are my needs in this situation right now? And what needs of mine are not being met here? So is it my need to feel respected or listened to? Or my need to feel seen or heard? Or my need to express how I feel without feeling interrupted or judged or labeled or attacked? Or is it my need to feel safe 
And all these feelings are valid and they are all calling me to take action for myself. So checking in with our needs. And then the final and fourth step in preparing to create a boundary is taking 100% responsibility for having my needs met. So when I have an unmet need, I need to take my focus off the other person and bring my focus fully back to myself and ask myself, how can I take loving action for myself here? How can I speak up for myself in order to have my needs met? Now, I've learned the hard way that when I'm waiting for someone to read my mind or I'm hoping someone is going to pick up on my subtle hints that I'm not happy or not comfortable and I'm hoping that they might change their behavior without me having to create a boundary, I am not being honest with myself or the other person and my needs remain unknown to them and unmet by myself. Or if I'm waiting for someone else to speak up for me, and create a boundary on my behalf, I'm not being my own champion at all. I'm not stepping into my own power. And boundaries are about showing up for ourselves. Boundaries are about stepping into our power and being our own best friend. Boundaries are self-love in action. And when I tune into my feelings, I know exactly what I need to do for me. I am 100% responsible for my own happiness, So it is 100% my responsibility to speak up for myself and take loving action for myself, firmly and consistently. And in my experience to date, the relationships that we find most challenging are the relationships that we have the greatest opportunities to create boundaries around and they offer the most learning also. All about ourselves, learning about ourselves. So when we begin to blame or attack another, we are not creating boundaries. Boundaries are self-love in action. Okay, so now that we have identified our feelings and we're owning them as our creation, and also we've identified our needs and appreciate that as adults, we are 100% responsible for meeting our needs, we are ready to create a boundary. So how can we create boundaries? I found this so, so hard because it really was starting from the beginning. But what I have discovered is that for me, there are four essential ingredients to me creating boundaries. So number one, when I'm creating boundaries, I want to remind myself that my best boundaries come from a loving place, a self-loving place that I am creating this boundary for me and is not against you. I am showing up for myself. I am choosing me. And that is essential to any of the healthy, loving boundaries I have ever created. Okay, number two, when I'm sharing my boundary, that I speak from a place of I. And I cover this also in, I think, the last podcast. Because an I message makes for a hugely powerful boundary. It's when I'm speaking my truth and when I'm speaking from my heart about what feels right for me. So, for example, my friend who was always late, very, very late for any arrangements we had with one another, 
if I created a boundary from a place of yuke, my boundary would have not been a boundary at all because it would have had a you, but it would have sounded like you're always late and you're driving me nuts and you always keep me waiting. But when I say something like that, my friend can argue back with me and say, Steph, would you ever calm down? You're exaggerating or you're so sensitive. I am not always late anyway. And then the conversation just goes around in circles. And the focal point becomes us arguing whether or not they're always late and whether or not I'm too sensitive. And my boundaries are totally forgotten. Whereas a boundary spoken from a place of I is a boundary. It's a firm boundary. It's not up for discussion. It's a statement of how I feel and it's a sharing of my needs and how I feel is always right for me. So a boundary for me with that friend who is regularly very late is to say, I'm heading home now as I don't want to wait any longer. Full stop. And I'm speaking my truth. I'm speaking authentically. I am communicating consciously and I have learned that when I am speaking from a place of I, my boundary is far more firm and authentic and solid and I am more solid in myself and my boundary is more resilient and it's just not up for discussion. So I find that a hugely essential ingredient. So number one, that they are coming for me, the boundaries are for me. And number two, that I'm speaking from a place of I. Okay, number three, when I'm sharing my boundary, I speak clearly and firmly. So for example, if someone speaks to me disrespectfully and calls me lazy, my clear and firm boundary will sound like, I don't like being called lazy. I don't want to be called that again. And I'm leaving the conversation if I'm called that again. So I'm very clear about what feels right for me and what I'm happy to have a conversation about and what I'm happy to be called. Whereas an unclear and vague boundary might sound like, "Um, I think I might prefer if maybe if you didn't mind, if you didn't call me lazy anymore, if that's okay with you. I mean, it's not a boundary at all. But I just want to emphasize the importance and the strength in a firm, clear boundary. And the final one, when I'm sharing my boundary, that I speak directly to the person. So, for example, if I'm with a group of people and I'm feeling disrespected or unseen or unheard by one person in the group who maybe starts shouting at me or becoming aggressive, I can choose to speak indirectly, saying, can we all calm down now? Or I can choose to communicate my boundary directly with that person calling the person by their name and clearly stating my boundary, saying, Tommy, I feel disrespected being shouted at and I'm leaving the conversation if it continues and if I continue to feel this way. So I'm clearly stating my needs and clearly creating a boundary in order to meet my needs. So they're the four key ingredients for me every time I'm creating a boundary that it's for me, and I know it's for me, it's not against you, that I'm speaking from a place of I, that I'm speaking clearly and firmly and lovingly, and that I'm sharing my boundary by speaking directly. So how do we safeguard our boundaries? And in my experience, in order to 
safeguard or honor my boundaries, I want to be consistent in championing my needs, which means if I don't want to be spoken to disrespectfully or shouted at or labeled, I am consistent with this boundary all of the time. And when I consistently create a boundary, I'm sending a very clear message that I am committed to having my needs met. However, if I only occasionally show up for myself in having my needs met, I'm sending a very mixed and unclear message. And typically, what I've experienced is that without consistent boundaries, the disrespectful behavior will continue and my needs will continue to not be met. So another question I had when I was beginning to learn and study about boundaries was who breaks our boundaries? Because I definitely thought other people break our boundaries. But I've learned that actually the only person who breaks my boundaries is me. It is always, always myself. So others may attempt to break my boundaries and may choose to ignore my boundaries or dismiss them or scoff at them. But it's 100% up to me to uphold my boundaries and speak up for myself and take action for myself. I am solely responsible for honouring, respecting and upholding my boundaries. It is ourselves who let our boundaries slide. No one else can break our boundaries. So, for example, recently, before COVID lockdown, I had had a super busy week and I had spent far too many hours in the car. And I decided by Friday, okay, I'm going to have a drive-free day, the very next day, Saturday. So Saturday was going to be a car-free day for me. Anyway, Saturday morning, one of my teenagers asked me for a lift to town to meet their friends. And I remembered, oh, I have a choice here. So before, I know I would have automatically said yes without even checking in with my own needs. But this time I said, okay, I have a choice here. I can stick with my commitment to myself and honor my boundary, or I can reconsider my commitment and choose to give my teenager a lift. But it is totally my choice. I am the one responsible for looking after my needs. It's I choose to soften or break my boundary, but not them. They're simply asking and they can always ask. It's up to me to check in with myself and ask myself, What is best care of myself here now? And then I choose what I would do. I would choose my response. And that time I chose to uphold my boundary because I had the commitment to myself and had made the promise that, yeah, I would love a day of not sitting into the car. But we can always soften it and we can always decide, oh, you know, I'll do it this time and then I'll start and I'll have a car-free day after that one lift. But It isn't about giving out to people for asking us for favours or asking us to help them out. It's up to us to check in with ourselves and ask, okay, what feels right for me here? And what are my own needs? Similarly, if a friend always asks you to, say, mind their kids or borrow your clothes or do their groceries for them, it's up to each of us to know what feels right for us, to know and understand our own needs And then take full responsibility for meeting our needs and creating a loving boundary for us. I am regularly checking in with myself. When I don't uphold my own boundaries and I'm asking myself, okay, how come I didn't look after my own needs? How come I didn't 
hold my boundaries firmly, but instead let them slide. And this practice of self-observation and self-reflection, when I'm practicing with self-love and self-compassion, helps break the cycle of breaking our own boundaries. So how can we help ourselves to uphold our boundaries and honour them and hold them firmly in place, lovingly in place? I think it's really important that we can remind ourselves that we are deserving of loving, respectful behaviour. We are responsible for having our own needs met. We are responsible for our own well-being and our own happiness. We are solely responsible for our own happiness. And we are responsible for taking loving action for ourselves. So boundaries are a loving action. We are not responsible for how someone feels or responds to our boundary when we are creating boundaries from a place of love. And so to help us uphold our boundary, we can practice staying separate from what comes up for another person in response to my new boundary, reminding myself that my actions and my words are 100% about me. And similarly, their response or their reaction and their words to my boundary are 100% about them and not in any way about me. I am responsible for meeting my needs and you are responsible for meeting your needs. And if I need one more reminder, I remind myself that as a parent, I am role modeling all the time. And I want to role model for my kids the practice of healthy, loving boundaries in all our relationships in our everyday living. So boundaries that are clear, loving, firm, and consistent are far easier to uphold than defences that are created hastily and sporadically or angrily or as an attack against someone rather than a safeguarding embrace for myself. My boundaries are for me, never against you. Boundaries are self-love in action. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope it inspires you to practice exploring your feelings and becoming familiar with your needs in conversation and in behaviours in all your relationships and to practice creating and maintaining loving boundaries for you. I would love for you to share this podcast with others who you think might enjoy it and enjoy the message in today's podcast. Also, I have created a boundaries checklist that is available to you. So the checklist lists out the four steps to take in preparing to create a loving boundary and then the four key ingredients essential for a healthy, loving boundary. And if you would like a copy of the checklist, you can either DM me on my Instagram page, Amazing Me, Amazing You, or subscribe on my website, amazingmeamazingyou.com, and I would be more than delighted to share them with you. Wishing you a beautiful day of self-love practice. Namaste. Mm-hmm.